Welcome back to another episode of the Technical Talk Podcast, where we delve into the depths of the digital world with industry experts. I'm your host, HD, a fellow content creator, cybersecurity professional, and career coach. And today, we're thrilled to bring you our guest, Xavier D. Johnson. I want you to dive into the practicality of tech with us as Xavier impacts the nitty-gritty of smartphone security, especially at high-stakes environments like DEF CON. We'll uncover the essential security measures every tech enthusiast should know when attending tech gatherings and how to maintain positivity and contribution in a vibrant community. Beyond just safety protocols, Xavier will share golden nuggets on acing job interviews within the tech, mastering the arts of vulnerability research, and the undisputed power of networking. We'll also touch on the topic of the current job market, the ins and outs of corporate America pricing strategies, how Xavier leverages partnerships with giants like PwC and Oracle to navigate the ever-changing landscapes of tech contracts and cybersecurity demands. Education is key, and Xavier leaves no stone unturned with this new nonprofit, BuildSkill.org, dedicated to giving you the skills in order to help you land a cybersecurity career with help from tech professionals. But it's not all heavy technical talk. We'll take a casual detour through fashion, millennial nostalgia, and even some TV show banner for a well-rounded tech conversation. Fasten your seatbelts as the technical talk takes you on a journey through securing your digital life, impactful professional development, and the harmonious balance between tech savvy and social grace. Don't miss out on this enlightening episode. Let's get to the show. If you're looking to pivot into cybersecurity or you're already in a tech role and you're having issues with getting interviews, getting seen on LinkedIn, and even succeeding in your interviews, then come check us out at Textual Consulting. We specialize in helping entry-level, mid-level, senior-level people get more interviews, do well in their interviews, and secure offers. We have helped people increase their salary on an average of 35 k now, what could you do with an extra 35K? I know I could do a lot with an extra 35K, and I want to help you out with that. Right now, we offer consultations, tech resumes, and group coaching, and group coaching by ourselves. So, if this offer entices you, click the link in the description, tetraconsulting.com forward slash offerings, and start your journey in your cybersecurity career today. Thank you. Yeah. We good. We ready to start. Yeah. Let me see. What episode is this? This is, I just did 115. I think this is 116. Episode 116. Welcome back to episode 116 of the Textual Talk Podcast. I'm your host, HD. And we, listen, it's a double-double day. Listen, I did it twice, and I'm about to do it so nice. But yeah. uh, we got we got a guest all the way from, what what you say, Dago? Oh, man, I'm from Detroit. He from Detroit, though. But, I'm from Detroit. But he live in Dago right now. I'm living in Dago right he now. He living in Dago right yeah. now. He been on the show before. Yeah. But today, it's in person. The energy. Y'all going to feel it. He oh, owns, yeah. He owns his Uncle Phil shit. Oh, yeah. Today. Come on, now. I, so, I, I like to say Al Capone, but we going to get into it. And he is, listen, by the time y'all watch this, he's going to be gone. He <laughs> in Dallas right now. He's looking for his unviv. That's oh, all I'm trying man. to say. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Chill. But, listen. Y'all already know what to do. If you're on right now watching on YouTube, hit like, subscribe, yeah. hit all so you can be notified notified when we drop in everything. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you already know the drill. Leave us a review. Share out the podcast so everybody can be notified of, yeah, like this super high fire. The sauce. Listen. Yeah. We didn't even, I ain't got no questions. Nope. I ain't come up with nothing. We just going to talk we today. We kicking it. We kicking it. But, but, X, what up though, man? What up though? What's happening? Hey, listen, listen, I'm going to probably have to cut this off. 
I mean, cut this out because I can't put it on YouTube. Come but on, I just thought, I just thought about something. I'm silly. That's why I love movies like that. Man, it's hilarious. Nigga said uh, she walked past him and he was like, "Man, I'm just trying to see uh, if it's real." And she's like, "Nigga, you can afford me. I'm gonna tell my sister beat your ass, ho." I was like, "Bro, that shit's stupid." Man. Yeah. Man, you let a nigga steal your glasses? Oh, man. Never. Bruh, but man. for those that don't know what we're talking about, uh, the, the the movie we're talking about is Buffed Up on Tubi. And that song, All White Buffies, is an infamous Detroit song. I won't say infamous, but it's a famous Detroit song around a pair of Buffies, which uh, it, uh, the rest of the world called Cartier Buffalo Horns. And that's what I'm wearing right now. I got my buffies on. That's what I'm saying. That's what I did. They all white buffs. You know what I'm saying? And I own this pair for shit. I own these since 2015. So, so being from Detroit, is it true if you got the buffs on, they're gonna look your way? Oh, for sure. And so, if you ain't got them on, you just say I got buffy issues. Yeah, they can't work. Man, it's like yeah, they day in the shop. Yeah. So, <laughs> remember they used to do this stuff for us in school. So, buffies is the Detroit. What charges is the hood niggas for sure. Or or army recruits. It's like, <laughs> it's like as soon as you now, get listen, in. Listen, listen. For army recruits, Chargers, Camaros, yes. Challengers. Yeah. Anything with a high APR. Yes. <laughs> they ready to give it to you with your little um, sign-on bonus or whatever y'all get in the military. Shout out to my people in the service. Hey, shout out to my boy. My boy Johnny been in Dago for almost, what? He might have been there for 10 years now. Damn. A decade. It, it's got that effect. It's very mag. It's... It's magnetic. Um, he in the know. Navy out there, though. Yeah, so, so I had, like, a couple of partners. They was in the Navy, so they was out there. Yeah, so he, he working out there. See, that's different. See, I went out there just to go out there and got stuck out there. Not because I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, not, not because I was stuck, really, but I just didn't want to leave. Um, it's during the pandemic. Uh, everybody wearing masks. We can't go eat. We're not supposed to leave the house. We can barely get gas. Um, and I'm in Michigan. It's cold. I'm sitting in the house playing Call of Duty. My See, KD not getting better. I'm so childish because you know what? What I instantly just thought about. It's so cold Man. in the D. <laughs> Freeze, right? So I'm looking around. I actually I was gonna move to Dallas. I was gonna move to Dallas. Little known fact. And um, I came out here. It snowed so bad. The pipes got to busting. Uh, the power went out. I was like, oh, this is a sign from God. I don't need to be here. So uh, even the high rise. Yeah. Here. I, man, I, man, I got. I should got to show you the video. It was a spot right next to where we at in the majestic. It was nice. Yeah, it's, it's probably still ready for you. It is. I mean, I might still have to get it. Dallas treat me real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's southern hospitality, it's man. Southern hospitality. That's ludicrous. Yeah. But man, for the people who hadn't watched this, well, watch your past episode. Yeah. Go back and watch it. Like, subscribe. Who are you? My name is Xavier D. Johnson. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had a number of businesses, mostly around tech. Uh, started in entrepreneurship in 2004. Uh, had a software company I founded in 2010. Ran that for seven years. Sold it off to General Electric. Um, started off in you know a cybersecurity company four and a half years ago. Called originally called uh, Enterprise Offensive Security. Ran into some issues with offensive security, the OSCP guys, um, and decided to rebrand and and we came out as We Help You Secure. And uh, I always tell people 75 percent of our brand name is We Help You. And that's what we're here to do. So, um, you know, cybersecurity, risk management. Uh, more recently started a nonprofit called Build Skill Foundation. Build Skill Foundation. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I do a lot of things. I'm, I'm involved with a few other things, uh, like Mentor and Match. I'm the Chief Information Security Officer there, and it's a 
a mentorship platform for college students and, and uh, students to find people in industry that they you know can look up to and follow a path. Um, I, I, I keep an open mind. I do a lot of things. Y'all see, y'all yeah. listen. He he trying to hide it, but y'all been seeing the watch, <laughs> not the watch. Shout out to Bucapone, but uh, shout out to Bucapone. You said some stuff right there. First of all, I wanted to go back, bro. I was in middle school in '04. Yeah, I I was I was in elementary school. <laughs> so that's what like I want to talk about that. Like, how did you? What made you decide to start a company in '04? Um, so funny. Um, I grew up on the internet. Like I was born in 1991, so I'm 12 years old at this time. Grew up on the internet, um, you know, and I used to love skateboarding. You know, if you was born a year later, you could be a part of the people that say we was born a year to dream team, <laughs> like me. Nah, nah, uh, you know, I, I ain't get that lucky. But uh, growing up on the internet, man, we had a different kind of thing, set of opportunities, and I love skateboarding. So um, I was just inspired to start a skateboarding company. Like, yo, I want people to ride my boards. I want people to wear my gear. I want people to use my stickers. Um, and so I came up with uh, the the concept and designed some decks, designed a company logo, um, sourced. You know, this is before it was really easy on e-commerce just to go find products. And the way that we can automate things now, um, I would have to pick up the phone and actually call into Canada the people that would make the maple, you know, the, the hardwood for for the decks. So, um, so you went through that phase too. Um, this this funny thing is you up north, I'm down south. My cousin had a skateboard. I had got a, like a small skateboard. We we skateboarding. We 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 watching Mighty Ducks. We trying to trying to have street hockey teams. We watching Rocket Power. Come on, man. That was the way. All that. Listen, we we playing with. Uh, listen, this is a funny story. I don't talk about like my family a lot. Well, I do talk about them, but in this sense, it's funny because as a kid, we came through the generation of the cool borders, uh, SX Tricky. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk, mm-hmm. Matt Hoffman, BMX. Hey, my mom was a dog at Matt Hoffman, BMX, Man. bro. But I'm, I'm telling you, I, I listen, right here and right now, as, as Shannon Sharp said, I swear for God, the two white men, me and then my other two cousins tell you, like, we could not touch her in that game. We couldn't touch her in that. She was called at Cool Borders. That's how I knew who Sean White was years yeah, ago, yeah. playing Cool Borders on PlayStation, the, the OG PlayStation. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, they used to sell the little, they probably still sell them, but the little BMX bikes you play with them on your desk yeah, yeah, yeah. or the tiny decks. Yeah, see, they they don't know nothing about that, man. Yeah, man. Kids, kids these days, they got iPads, man. They don't they don't use their hands for nothing. <laughs> they do, but you know what? I, like I said, I got two little girls. Yeah. As cool as their iPads is, when we buy them new toys, don't nothing exist. Yeah. They was playing with new toys when I left. Like, Shit. just simple stuff. I love that. Like, yeah. I was like, because I, you know what? I was in the, I was putting their stuff in the closet and I was like, do kids even have play shoes anymore? <laughs> no, kids don't got play clothes. Right. Yeah, like, we, we had clothes designed to go outside <laughs> to get dirty. <laughs> that's a fact. Like, uh, for us, like, we, I used to ride the bus home to like our, where our land and stuff is. So, mama, she got you some shoes most of the time. Listen, I, my show, of course, by tech, but I also keep it real because yeah. everybody black experience. Come on now. Most black people probably got shoes two times a year. Man. Income tax and beginning of school. Come on, man. Beginning of school and birthday for sure. Maybe birthday. Maybe birthday. But income tax for sure. Income tax for sure. And, and if your parents are like mine, they want to spend a whole lot of money in school, you go in a shoe department and you finna get you some nice shoes, some Reeboks, some Nikes or oh, something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she gonna say, don't mess them shoes mess up. Them so up. you had, so at my grandma in them house, I had my shoes that when I want to go play outside, them the shoes I put on. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I know a lot of y'all know getting, about that. You ain't getting another pair. 
Yes. So if you and, and they're gonna be dirty if you mess them up. And when you beat them up, you know you going to school. They gonna talk about you. And see, that's when you gotta put. You know, <laughs> when I got a little older, I could like buy my own Air Force Ones, yeah. and you know, you get the fresh. But hey, listen. This is this is why like I be having conflicting things. Like I love talking about my tech stuff, but I like talking about life too. Yeah. Bro, getting the fresh all uh, whites and nothing like it, and 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 trying to walk and not crease them. Oh man, what, what type of what, now? What type of things did you do to not crease your white Air Forces? <laughs> Lift my feet up. Yeah. Change the walk. Change the walk. When you get home, you got to put the socks in it. Got to put the socks in. Getting the force fields. You gotta put the force field. See, we couldn't get the force field, so we used to take plastic bags from underneath the sink. <laughs> what I used to do is while I was wearing them, the room I had in the front, I would use the little tissue they put in the shoe yeah. before under my foot. Oh, so it'll make it feel like it's full. Oh, you got to. But the time they get a little creasing, he like, dang. Man. I had a cousin, so while I'm talking about like our same, like we call it the country house. It's, we got a land there, and it's like, it has road. Then once you get to a certain spot, it's all dirt road. He would get to the, the top of the dirt road and put some plastic grocery bags on the oh, shoes man. Yeah. and walk on home. Yeah. Been there. Been there. Uh, especially when Nelly came out with that uh, two pair. Give me two pair Air Force Ones. Oh, man. That's the thing, too. Like, people was wearing J's, but when Air Force Ones was oh, on yeah. their run. Yeah, yeah. When it was premium Air Force Ones, and they was coming with football, leather, bronze collaboration, New York Jets and Giants collaborations. You was, oh, yeah. you was, now, see, you had, you had of course, you had the all-white, the gum bottom. Oh, yeah. Come but on. But then, like, you couldn't beat, like, a good pair of mid, white mid-tops, black mid-tops, the, the, the black low-tops. I'm not a black forces guy. See, I was. I had the black low tops before, too, and some mids. And then I got put on game. It took me a long time before I started wearing white shoes or white socks, but back then I used to wear white shoes or black socks. Mm, okay, okay, okay. And then, of course, black socks or black shoes. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah. Like, everybody everybody went on that. I got, I got put on that, and I had started doing that. And then okay. we wore uniforms, so you got to – your fit going to be the khakis. Come on now. It's determined on the shoe. The uniform shirt, no yeah. pocket. Yeah. No pocket. T-shirt, that's that's at least that's standard. And then your shorts had to be Dickies. Oh man, come on, man, had to be Dickies. Come on, man. What year you graduated high school? Twenty ten, mm-hmm. same year. So we had the same experiences. Them them Dickies had me in a chokehold. But I hold had on, every you had, two, you had two sets. Yeah, you get the official Dickies with the different print, or you get the Dickies with the red logo. No, it's no, two no. different ones. I I ain't hip. All I knew was cell phone pocket. I needed that. I ain't have a cell phone. Listen, we, I think, <laughs> hey, this is why I talk about, I like being a millennial so much. We didn't live through yeah. the blockbuster, the yeah. Hollywood oh, yeah, video sure. era. Oh, yeah. Some of us still had grandparents that had the ring, the notary phone, whatever oh, yeah. you call rotary phone, that's oh, what yeah, it's called. Yeah, I love them. I love them. We had phone books. We remember, hey, going to the TV guy, seeing on the song. Man, I still go to the TV guy. I'm old school. Because I didn't get digital cable <laughs> to about 03. Yeah. So that's when that was out. Oh, snap, we got a guide on here. Yeah, it's different. All these HBO channels, boy. Yeah. That changed the game. That's that's what that sees Twitter be letting you know everybody live the same life. Cause you'll be like, at a certain age when you're a boy, you staying up, you ain't you watch stuff, you ain't supposed to be watching. Whoops. So you, you got the TV real <laughs> I fe- low. I fell asleep with it with with this channel on. You got the TV real low. And and so your last button, you know, everybody got a last button on, on the uh Remote, yeah, previous, previous and channel. You already know you got it on Disney Channel, yes, Toon Disney. 
Yeah, tuned yeah. in. Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Nah, it got to be believable. It got to be believable. Right, It right. can't be on Bloomberg. Right, that's that's the, that's the funny thing. Man, <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't care about no what? stops. What? <laughs> right, right, man. We're going we gonna to get into tech talk because yeah. he's also a hacker. If I, one of the, the titles of the last episode was like, he hacked the MacBook at the hackathon. Oh, yeah, that's, that, was, yeah that was fun. So I want you to actually go back into a little bit of that because we're also going to talk about why people gravitate to want to be on the red team so much and why do they think it's easy. So I want you to talk about that that story again briefly about. Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, at, at one point in time, uh, I spent a lot of time building applications and uh, running a software company. And so, we used to go to hackathons just to make apps, meet other coders, win prize money, that type of stuff. So um, there's a hackathon in, in, in Michigan called M-Hacks, and it was at the uh, Masonic Temple. And uh, we're there, and uh, you know they have all of these, these different students that are doing um, you know the, the challenge. I'm there as a mentor. A friend of mine is there with his company, General Electric. And they have their own booth. And so they have a uh, capture the flag called uh, GE's Red. I forget what it's called, but it's on Ghost Hacks or something like that, right? Some kind of CTF platform. Long time ago at that, right? We're talking about 2016, right? Yeah, yeah. This is like 2016. So I'm like 25. and yeah, so you know, I, I, of course, I signed up for the, the hackathon. I'm, I haven't really transitioned all the way into cyber yet. Now I have the skills. I've been spending a lot of time doing it because that's what you got to do. You got to spend a lot of time doing. You can't just manifest it. You gotta when it comes to cyber skills, you got to know. Come on now, like you got to have your tradecraft down. So I've spent time playing with things, learning stuff, and um, so now I go into this capture the flag, and it's all question based. It's like you know about encryption. There's a couple questions about uh, SQL injections and like simple, easy stuff. CEH test. Oh, yes, yeah, the CEH test. I bang it out. I'm talking about 45 minutes, highest score. They done took this to Yale, Harvard, MIT, all these different places. So they were recruiting, right? That's how they recruit. So I'm at the top of the leaderboard. My homeboy like, man, my boy Paul, Paul Erickson, a really good friend of mine. Go go at him on LinkedIn tell him I sent you. Um, He's like, man, I thought you were a hacker. I thought you were going to, like, break the platform, not do the CTF. I'm like, you want me to break the platform? He's like, I mean, if you can. So I'm like, all right, shit. Say less. I got you. So uh, I'll go to the platform. I, you know, I try some authentication bypasses on the admin. Um, I try and look for, you know, admin panels. Because, of course, they have to administrate this thing somehow. I start looking for SQL injections. on. About to, so look, the 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 CTF is running on a server. The server is there on site. You connect to a Wi-Fi network to get. So it's a local. It's intranet. So it's a it's a local uh, EPIPA address that's associated with you know the 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 CTF. But it's like one nine two dot whatever whatever or ten dot whatever. Um, and so you have to connect to their Wi-Fi to be able to get to that server. So I'm on their Wi-Fi. They their own Wi-Fi network. You get what I'm saying? And you have to go to this IP address to sign up with your credentials to do everything through the web platform. So, of course, I'm looking at it like a web app test. I'm like, can I get cross-site scripting? Can I steal tokens? Can I, like, what do I have? Do wait, I got- wait, 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 wait. 
I got to educate y'all. What is cross-site scripting? Oh, man. Cross-site scripting is when you use a piece of JavaScript um, to inject into a website, and then that JavaScript then fires off uh, in the context of the application. So uh, the way that I will weaponize a cross-site script is um, you know, to have something that will look into your cookie jar and give me all the cookies to a remote server using you know, um, a cross-header request or something like that. There you go. Look, y'all learn. I know y'all, I, we started off just talking about some foolishness, but we getting into so y'all can learn this stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I spent a lot of time. I love teaching. So, um, you know, I'm trying all of the, the different, you know, cross-site scripting, SQL injection, authentication bypass, um, directory, forced browsing, all types of stuff, right? I'm not coming up with much. So I'm like, huh, whatever. Um, but it comes to my mind, like, well, they running the CTF from a Mac Pro. It's like at the time the cylinder just came out. Y'all remember the cylinder that the Apple Mac Pro? And um, I'm like, man, well, I got a rubber ducky. That goes to show you how far I am on the red team shit. I got a rubber ducky on me. Is that rubber ducky that little thing that I see? It's like a. It ain't that big. Yeah, it's a little USB device that. Oh, so you got the USB. The one I'm thinking about is what? What's it called? A flipper or something? A flipper. Yeah, the yeah, flipper's okay. fun. The flipper's fun. It can do the same thing as the rubber ducky, but. This is back, back, back in the day, right? right. So, so, um, so let me ask you something real quick. So, you just plug the USB in. See, and I don't even say that because the last what, what episode I was talking to somebody, and we were talking about how oh, that was on the last week with Miranda. We were talking about how the dude from uh, what was that, First Republic Bank or whatever US Bank, whatever bank it is, but he was able to plug a USB that had adult entertainment into his work computer. Yeah. And we always talk about, hey, like, you can put in controls for unauthorized USB, so that could possibly at least make that part hard enough for you to where the rubber ducky don't work if you're putting a USB in. Well, well, think about it, right? Rubber ducky, what's really cool about it is it's an HID device, a human interface device. So due to accessibility, right, it's representing itself as a keyboard. So it's not acting like a storage device. So your policy doesn't say, well, you can't plug in external keyboards because nobody will get work done. So now your policy has to be something that's user uh, user activity based. Like this user probably doesn't type 10,000 words a second, right? Because you're dealing with the computer. It's sending keystrokes as fast as a computer can send keystrokes. So it's acting, you, you have something called ducky script. So you write the payload in ducky script and the, and the payload is effectively... Uh, control space, enter key, T-E-R-M-I-N-A-L, enter, enter key, and then like the reverse shell, you know, using that cat back out to your, revert, you know, your, your host, right, out in the world. So you're sending, you know, keystrokes through, but a human types usually 100 to 130 words per minute, <laughs> right? So, so a, 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 a ducky script is going to do 10,000, 1,000 words per minute, right? So you can have a detection there that says, hey, this just sent more keystrokes than, you know, humanly possible, then it's probably an attack. But also, you know, post-breach, because you would consider that a breach, right? The moment that I have physical access to your device and I've put something into your, it's a breach. <laughs> so at that moment, I breached GE. Without any written consent, 
without any per- real permission, right? Just as a dare. Technically, I'm committing a felony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Computer Fraud Abuse Act. Yeah. Um, and and it, that was scary. So, but I, I, at the time, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm having a thrill. I'm having a moment. Um, and anybody who's ever broke the law knows that sometimes it can be thrilling just getting away with running that stop sign or that red lighter. No turn, no red. Fuck that. It's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. We. You shouldn't be able to, right? It's it's a free will thing. And uh, it's about agreeing to a policy with a company that you don't belong to. But anyway, nevertheless, um, I get a reverse shell on that host. Uh, I'm able to see a number of things. Now, mind you, it's Mac. And I, at that time, I was spending a lot of time in Linux and Unix as a DevOps engineer, systems administrator. So I felt really comfortable. So I had a crime job set up, schedule tasks set up. <laughs> Yeah, I set me a crime job, but yeah, crime job is um, is something. It's a scheduled task. It's something that runs on a cadence. It's a file called a crime tab file that you can edit in Linux or a Unix system that will uh, run a command on a specified duration every minute, every hour, every so often of these days, whatever. And have a certain language that you can use or a syntax that you can use in the file that will run a, a command. Right. And so I was just giving myself more shells like every hour. Give me a new shell. It's, it's an idea of persistence. Right. And then you talk about a scheduled task. Well, scheduled task, you know, on startup, run this command. So the moment that you turn the computer off, I might lose all my shells. But when you turn the computer back on, I get my shells back. So these are just some of the things that I was practicing with regard to red teaming. Right. I only reason I'm asking that I'm glad you're going into detail. Because for my blue teamers, you've been asked in an interview, how will somebody remain persistent oh, yeah. in their environment? So you're hearing it right now. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm asking you, this is the only place y'all going to get this at. It's a lot of platforms, but this is the only place you're going to get this at. 100%. And since you said that before you go on, you were, I don't know how long you stayed in the live, but if you notice in the live with Miranda, I actually talked about like, People learning Linux would be one of the foundations yeah. of, of getting this type of security. It's like kind of like the backbone, of like everything. Like even from offensive security standpoint, how important would you say Linux would be? Oh man, I would say that uh, it's so important that I made a living knowing uh, Linux internals and systems administration long before I ever really dove into Windows internals and administration. And that um, while they are completely different domains, they're written entirely different. I was able to make a really good living just understanding Linux and not understanding Windows. Now, through just me wanting to understand Windows better, I went and learned, uh, which was more recently. Trying to go back and understand Linux more. Yeah. Linux is, is, you know, and so it's different because Windows is used by corporate and Linux is used by engineering. So I got very, I was, I was coming up through that engineering track as a developer and was never really working corporate IT, but cybersecurity Believe it or not, it's owned by CFO um, because that's in the interest of the financial continuation of the company. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's actually like, you know, if you have a breach, the last person that it rose up to before they reach out to a lawyer is the CFO of the company. It goes above the CIO, above the CISO, above the CTO. It goes to CFO and CFO and CEO makes the decision on if they want to enact their cyber policy, et cetera. But um, long story short, that falls under a corporate structure. So a lot of the things that you're looking at in uh, cybersecurity from the corporate side was, is mostly around, you know, Windows domain, 
um, you know, that type of activity because not a lot of people run their enterprises on, no one I know actually runs their enterprises on Linux. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. Like, that's the thing. It will help you out, though, especially in IR. Like, yeah. I've, I've talked about, like, going through an interview process. Like, no, and this is a thing, too, I tell a lot of people. If you could be self-aware and, and knowing what your weaknesses may be, you know, take it down and then go learn it. Yeah. And it eventually won't be a weakness no more. Linux forensics. I hadn't dealt with, like you said, in corporate environments, a lot of people using Linux. So I'm knowing, hey, what would I do first? Like, I know the high level things what I do, but if you want to get intricate, I'm like, I don't know. I can learn it, but that ain't my, my expertise yet. Listen, that's how I felt the first time I heard about a shell bag in Linux. I mean, in Windows. I said, shell bag. I don't know. What is a shell bag? Right. And it was like, I still, it's still a little like, you know, on the IR side, that's not, I'm not really strong there. You get what I mean? So, and there's a lot. There's a lot there in forensics and incident response, a lot. And, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to, like, the differences between and kind of, like, the, the different skill sets. You know, I've spent some time in a, at a forensics company called Kivu. I ran their entire red team. I ran all of their, infra, they called it um, information protection or assurance or something along those lines. Probably information assurance. That was, like, before cybersecurity and information security got hot, it was information assurance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy you say, you know, I'm working on an insurance project right now. I'm not going to talk too much about it. It's a federal contract. I'm blessed to be able to have it. Um, but it's, uh, assurance is a whole different beast than security. Oh, it is. It's a, it, And it's an ongoing thing. And it's a, it's a lot of money that gets spent. Whereas, like, security is much more around keeping things safe and assurance is around making sure things are safe. And it's just so, it's a, it's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we need that. We need a big push back into the insur- assurance side. We're starting to get lost into security. I think, I think a lot of people are lost in the sauce when it comes to like a, a lot of stuff when it comes to cyber or just like, like put it like, like everybody. Let me say this. <laughs> everybody want to go average 30. Mm. but had not put in the work to even average 15. <laughs> That's what they want. And I would say it's contributing to a lot of outside factors. People see a lot of these people, hey, I just woke out of bed, I got my Porsche, I went and got some Starbucks. Oh, hey, you man. can go work from home too and do that. Like, when you sent me something the other day. Yeah. Bro had the same playbook. Bro yeah. was in the range. Like, hey, you can get in cyber too. I can get you in cyber in two weeks. I said, damn. Right, and I seen you like my my thread the other day when I was talking about like I've helped somebody get in and double their salary in less than two weeks, but that's not ideal. You can't just sell that as the you get what I mean. No way I could tell people. I mean, I could, and then they'd be mad at me. Like, would I be upset they mad at me if I was if my goal was just purely money driven? No. One of the things about cybersecurity that's very 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 important is ethics. Sometimes that's having hard conversations people uh sometimes it's just telling people the truth uh you know being ethical is the cornerstone of working in cybersecurity. so if someone's telling you that they work in cybersecurity and they can get you in cybersecurity in two weeks they are unethical and they are wasting their time being unethical on small fries they might as well go be unethical and go all the way to the top print money do ransomware go make some real money <laughs> It's only a subset of people 
that it applies to that could go learn some stuff in a short amount of time and and get it back. Yeah. I, have, I have a friend that was already pretty much in a subset of security in the sense of working, being a product manager in PCI DSS. And I said, hey, go take this course right here and get this. And then they had texted me like, yo, I just got this offer from here. They offered me like 70K more. Yeah. Like, but that's only people that already got skills. I'm always typically most of the time dealing with in between no skills to I'm mid-level stuck. What do I do? Or sometimes I deal with like some people that got 10 years in the game, like me or yourself. And then that's a little bit different. Okay. okay, Now you just got to be strategic with how you move. Well, well, you know, that's the reason it's funny you say that. That's the reason why I started build skill foundation. That's, that's the real reason, man, is to help people that are on all different paths or excuse me, at all different points in their journey. Right. So there's some people that are, are pre understanding of even the domain. There's some people that are early understanding of the domain. And then there's some people that are advanced expert level that are looking to get the, to the next level. Right. Cause there's still something after experts management. After you are expert at IC seven, you're going to be an M two. You get what I'm saying? Like you restart over into the management track. So, um, you know, build skill. The thing that makes us unique in, th- in this foundation is that, we are challenge based. So instead of me giving you videos, instead of me giving you slides, I'm telling you, okay, we talk about the pen testing and the red team thing, right? So for a penetration test, you need to do a port scan. So I'm telling you to go do a port scan. And then what you do is you go out and research, you know, okay, you know, what is a port scan? What tools can I use for? I could say, go use a port scan for MMAP on this IP address or this web address. They go and they do that, and then they have to deliver that to me either in written or video format. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a chill on it. Because, because it's a, it's really important. Like what you were just saying. No, it is, and this, and it's also why I think why platforms like TCM thrive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that PMPT mm-hmm. of making people hey it's present practical. your findings to whoever it's and write it down. It's practical. Because that's what people are paying for. Your company is paying for that written report. Th- that's what I sell. People ask me, what do I sell? Cybersecurity? Yeah, sure. But I sell a report, right? I show up to a meeting, look like this. We go out. We had drinks the night before, whatever. But when it comes down to it, when I sit down with you, I do an executive report. And I'm giving you a readout to your executive, to your boards, whatever, and letting them know, hey, this is what we found. Here's the severity, in our opinion. Here's the remediation, the potential impact. And we kind of leave it, you know, it's mostly just a report. Right. And, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll get on that, especially like, oh, how do you, I mean, they got calculations, but I'll probably ask you how do you guys calculate possible impact. Oh, man, it's, it's, that's difficult. Impact is difficult mm-hmm. um, without demonstration. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, I mean, that's good as you, you said that because there, there are a lot of people, like I said, they're not putting in the work. They complaining. Got to put that work in. You got people getting mad at people all the time. Like I just showed you, it's just a whole bunch of. That's why if you Nonsense. if people ain't noticed even about me over the years, I probably I'll be on Twitter, but I post less and less. It's just too much BS. Yeah, on there. Like, I start to fall off of Twitter. I like it sometimes, but it's just like like what like you were whatever you're upset about internally is coming through your tweets. <laughs> yeah, and you're. Like directing it to other people. It's a projection. Like I said, uh, I was talking about, I tried to vlog today, but I didn't really vlog because I got like busy. But I was like, 
I, nothing you would say on here would make me want you to get fired. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Because at the end of the day, I don't have to agree with you. I don't even got to engage with you. That's Come the whole on, thing. No. I don't have to. I can block you and move on. People be so hurt. They want people to get fired. Yes. Like, if you don't, this is the thing. People say stuff. It's, it's, similar, or it's similar to in real life. I tell my girl about this. It's like that, that Gen Z generation. And this person probably is not Gen Z, but just in general. They used to saying whatever they say. And they can say it. They the internet generation. They don't think people are gonna put pause on them. Mm. So and and similar, you say something to somebody online, and then you don't like what they say back. But the difference is, you can block them. You mm-hmm. don't have to say, "Hey, you don't even have to engage." This person right here, like, is 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 lame, especially if it's two black people doing it. Yeah, and that's that, hard that make, enough. That make it worse. And I re I retweeted that. I was just like. That's why I don't go back and forth with certain. No, you can't. I'm not gonna sound like people. I remember one time somebody asked me about being misogynistic. Don't do I was it. Like I love women, bro. Come on, now. I don't say nothing that I hate women. I was about to say, and what my boy say on baby boy. I'm gonna say, uh, what P say that he called him unstable creature. Oh, or unstable creature. That's what he oh, called him. Man. I'm just being funny, but <laughs> just in general though, it's just like if you deal with women in real life and online. There are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Women have no problem with going low in no. the concert. If your mama can have one leg, you make her mad. She that's why your mama up. got one leg. She walking with a cane. And she keep playing, I'm going to take the other one away. <laughs> that's that's what they do. Yeah. So imagine what they do online if they can't get to you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Babe, you ain't going to be working on Tuesday. So you just best yeah. just, it already look a little sassy when you argue with women anyway. Just yeah. leave it alone, man. Just go on about your day. And man. women in the comments can let me know, but I was like, I just don't. I don't got time to it. Like, even if I can fry you, I don't want to. Like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lover, not a fighter, man. We're going to get some drinks and You'll probably see But all, but all things can be done through a conversation yeah. if you want to hear each other out. But if you're just going to be mad, then, hey, it, it is what it is. That's the reason why, I like, social discourse is, like, stupid sometimes. It's like, yeah. I would prefer, okay, certain only conversations could be had via talking. Yeah, it's, it should only be, yeah, it should be conversational. And then it turns into this and that and just people misinterpreting things. But like I say, I think a lot of misinterpretations uh, are based yeah. on what's in here yeah, yeah, or yeah. what you've been been through. Per- perception. And it doesn't let you see the whole picture. Oh, yeah, for that, sure. That's, that's pretty much what it is. But after you did the hacking yeah. for GE, yeah. on what, GE, on GE <laughs> what did that lead to? Um, man, uh, so I had access. I got nervous, left. Uh, went home uh, next day, reached out to my boy Paul, let him know. Uh, Paul says, oh, man, thank you for telling me because we didn't know what was going on. You know, our detections picked up on it. It was going off. We started an incident response. I can let my boss know. And then, you know, he let his boss know, and his boss reached out to me. Um, and, yeah, we had a we had a kind of interesting conversation, and that led to the sale of a software company and the start of me doing red teaming over at GE, which is one of the most prestigious red teams in America. Yes, GE Red Team is like the most elite. It's past Project Zero. Listen, I'm gonna have to fact check this. Yeah, I ain't saying so. Y'all go look. Yeah, at yeah. Ask Mubix. Mubix worked on my team. Uh, he was a part of the GE Red Team. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, so General Electric, you know, they have their conglomerate. They have about five, five to seven. It depends on where they're at now. Different companies. There was GE Digital, GE Healthcare, GE Lighting, uh, Oil and Gas, uh, GE Water. Um, so you have all of these different, you know, uh, companies that make product. They are not a software company. They are a product company. So, you know, aviation, 
you have to red team an airplane. Um, you get what I mean? So, <laughs> but you're also getting into, I have a person that I need to get on the show. I actually need to text him because I was trying to be on his team at JP Morgan. Yeah. Outside of red teaming, I think encompassing of what you're talking about, a red team and the playing will fall into threat modeling. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a big part of red teaming. Most important part. Yeah. and But I'm saying even threat modeling is a niche now. Oh, man, it is. Uh, I was getting paid a lot of money to do tabletops. You talk about threat modeling. Um, I'm walking into companies. I'm talking about, uh, damn, I wish I could say who. But, um, you know, I'm walking into big companies that, impact us every day and I'm making up scenarios like well what if you opened up a PDF that had JavaScript and it was a worm man I mean shit that would be really hard to pull off but that's their threat model right and then they're like well we wouldn't really know how to handle that and then I help them remediate come up with ways to be able to recover because some of it is some of it is zero day if you're in the right industry some of it is zero day and so then it becomes well what happens when the light goes off right we're talking about those kind of companies what happens when the lights goes off well now you know you need to have a safe and it needs to be fireproof and it needs to have an incident response. It needs to have disaster recovery. You need to move to another region. You got to. A, a, D, a IR plan, a DR plan. Come on now. You got to. Um, and, you know, two, three, one, ex- explaining, uh, three, two, one, explaining them, you know, the different ways to back. It's just, there's a lot there for threat modeling. It's really fun. So if if you feel like you want to get into cyber, Spend some time digging into threat models because what that will do is allow you to be able to speak to what reality is uh, and what you're up against in the industry. So advanced persistent threats, they leave tool marks everywhere. Learn what tools they use. Learn what techniques they use. Learn what procedures they follow. Because then what that does is empowers you, no matter if you're on a red or blue team, so that you can identify the anomalies like, well, I should go check this file. <laughs> my jobs, our team was well, not my team, but the yeah. team we were sensitive to was anomaly detection. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing, and that's what they was all about. Like, Assurance falls into that anomaly detection thing because you want to make sure, like, <laughs> yeah, no, but like that's what you're talking about. That's why I like a lot of the like my advice for a lot of stuff is so simple. Yeah, but it's like you know you're from Detroit, so y'all got boxing. You know, shout out to Crunk Gym. Oh yeah, shout Detroit. out to Crunk. Yeah, but it's like hey, you can't get past a good one too. Yeah, you can't. It's always the same thing. So my advice, well, a lot of people is the same thing. Like yo, get on Bleeping Computer, Tech Crunch, Crabs on Security, Stay anybody up. who's reporting the breaches and Get read up today. on them. Yeah, it's gonna inform you what's happening. Like right now, it's not the breaches are not. That technical. I mean, no. the biggest thing I know right now with the social engineering part of it is sim swapping. Yeah, well, that's... And I got a video that I plan to eventually make on it with a company that has software to try to protect you from being able to be sim swapped. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. That's that's where it's at because yeah, at initially, they made the MGM hack look like it was simple. Yeah, it wasn't. But I was like, nah, they did some reconnaissance. Yeah. They looked at who these people were, yeah, whatever they're talking about on Twitter or LinkedIn. Then they sim swapped them, yep. and that's how they got in. Yeah, that's a part that was a big part that was left out at the beginning. And so he's like, "Dang, what happened?" I've seen where people don't, if we even take it off sim swapping, don't identify somebody the right way they need to, and that person, hey, hey, yeah, send MFA to my phone, not exactly. that one. exactly. And that's why I said the other day, I was like, hey, y'all be killing help desk, but a lot of companies ain't breached because they got a good help desk. That's true. This video will be sponsored by Level of Careers. 
It has a 14-day money-back guarantee. It's a week self-paced course, employer reimbursement, and counts for continuing education. Here are some of the reasons why you can choose cybersecurity, high demand, job security, competitive salary, work variety, and fulfilling work. The national average salary of an information security analyst is of 113000 Your instructor is Josh Matacor, and here is the brief overview of the course. Theory introduction, security refresher, security frameworks, security regulations and standards, security operations signals. Then you have these great labs with Azure, Lockheed and Monterey, Microsoft Signal, Secure Cloud Configuration, and they help you with job hunt and job hunt execution. Use my code to try out level careers. You'll get 10% off by using my code and you'll be taking the next step in propelling your career to new height. Now back to our schedule program. And I think that in the future, it's going to be even harder because now we're starting to get to the point where we're going into passwordless authentication and they're just going to be pushing notifications through authorized applications. I got a, it's not a hot take, but I actually think that I think companies going to start doing away with the MFA push. It's getting too risky. Like I remember like a while back, my personal email, I got a push and I didn't recognize it. And I went through my thing logged in. I was like, I don't recognize it. So I changed my password. See, a lot of people are not aware of what's going on because like, I don't remember ever putting it in anything. And that password is not like guessable. It's, yes. But if you wake up in the middle of the night, your phone keep on vibrating and it do the face ID and maybe you hit something by accident, you go back to sleep and wake up and everything gone. So that's why it's like, I changed I, my, I don't get pushes to my personal account no more I have to go into a Microsoft Authenticator and put in everything I need to that's, that's how it is on my Facebook I gotta go open up and go get a code a login code out and I only get 10 login codes and after 10 logins I gotta go get 10 codes yeah so that, after the password then, after the 2FA or the YubiKey MFA I gotta that's the best one but see get a code we used to work with uh, people on TSA they used to use, lose their RSA token so they was calling in to, to get more like Tokens and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's crazy though, man. But I'm I'm glad like we're able to give them like this candid conversation of like blue and red. I mean, everybody is like, if, if we talking blue and red, it's football, football practice. Defense coming to make offense good. Offense coming to make defense good. That's 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 what it's about when it comes to the tabletops. Like I remember. We discovered a, a tabletop that was done by uh, I ain't gonna say too much. I'm gonna say CS. If you everybody who's in the security industry, you should know what CS stands for, uh, especially when it comes to EDR. They were doing something in the environment, but on my shift we actually saw it, and so the manager was like, "Yo, hey, y'all caught this, but take, hey, don't tell nobody because it's supposed to be a tabletop for um, tomorrow. So they're already in the environment now, and they're gonna start spinning up stuff tomorrow, and we're gonna do a tabletop. So it was just like." Technically, we seen it. We like, hey, we don't recognize this. Yeah. Like, who is this? Yeah, it's, it's, it yeah it, it's some it's some giveaways. And we don't understand. Like, we'll we'll spend some quick. So oh, that's yeah. when they he called us and, and put us in a call about it. So oh. that's the thing, and that's one of the biggest things I tell people when it comes to IR. It's like IR sock work, knowing your environment. That's like one of the key skills. If you know your environment, you'll know what's an anomaly and what's not. Yeah, and, and knowing your environment is not always just knowing the specifics to your environment but what the norms are for that stack like if you know what the normal system looks like of windows 10 at rest then you will know everything that's different about it and then you can consult with your customer 
about all of the differences and configurations and they can let you know that's approved, that's approved, that's approved. It's documented here. This isn't documented, but that's documented here. This isn't documented. Then you are able to identify gaps and also potentially able to identify what the attacker did to change configuration and or their tool marks, as I like to call it. So, you know, knowing your systems is very, very important. Especially if you're doing a test like the OSCP where you have to do privilege escalation and everything looks like. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we're finna get into that because yeah. I don't think I actually did this last time. So earlier I was talking about why people think like they can just rush into Red Team. Mm. And I feel like Red Team is one of the least entry-level positions out there. Come on, man. I don't think I don't think it's entry-level. But then I'm a gatekeeper if I say that, so I'll be quiet. I don't think you're a gatekeeper. I just think you got to be really skilled. I've already been labeled. It's too late. <laughs> because people don't understand. They just want to go, oh, I'm, I'm going to be Mr. Robot. I'm going to do this and that. I'm like, there are contractual things you have to oblige to. Oh, yeah. If you hit the wrong subnet or whatever you're doing, you're probably going to be fine. You might get fired. I don't know. I've never did a part of Red Team. You got to notify, hey, we're going to be testing this, this, and You this. can be in prison. So you can impact business operations. Yeah. One of my companies... We cannot use Nmap because it could potentially stop the rides from going at the amusement parks. Man, um, anytime you do a HIPAA test when you're testing a hospital, you can't use Nmap because you can kill someone. Yeah, <laughs> why people don't know this stuff. As much as technical stuff is, it's a lot of non-technical stuff. And we seen the banner back and forth about you non-technical, you technical. Oh, I'm like man. everything make the world go round. Lord have mercy. Um, again, back to Bill Skill. But I'm <laughs> right because like all of this stuff is learnable um, and it gets better with rep repetition. Um, but this this technical versus non-technical thing is nonsense, because if you're technical, your job is to be able to explain it to the non-technical people. That's your job. Right. Like the CEO of my company. Well, I'm the CEO of my company, so I guess I'm technical. But the CEO of my customers. Right. They they're typically not technical people. They're business people that understand finance. They understand what is zero. That's it. They understand. Come on now. They understand how to grow a company. So it's up to you to be able to actually explain to them from a a, a technical expertise perspective, dumb it down for them all the way to a third grade level as to why this is important, how it happened, how to make it better. And uh, I mean, once you can communicate effectively, we talk about those soft skills. He rich forever, like Rick Ross. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. there you go. That's John Doe. Come on now, hey, yeah. that's my jam right there. Yeah, hey ho, <laughs> that's, that's my jam right there. Back in school, man. But I want you to talk about like, okay, let's let's do this real quick. Yeah. You got a person, you got a mentee. Hey Xavier, I want to get into. I want to be a red teamer. Yeah. I've been working at Taco Bell. What do you tell them to go do? Mm. I ain't got no skills, but I'm interested. No skills, but I'm gonna try hack me right now. I'm the top five percent. You're in the top five percent to try hack me. Oh, you already started. That's usually where I would send you. I would send you somewhere like that. Um, go get some training first thing. Like you got to spend your own time training. That doesn't mean paid training. This means training, right? Sometimes you gotta pay what you can course. Sometimes. And I don't know how far this going to be able to go. But sometimes you got pirated courses, right? There are ways to learn things for cost, for cost effective. <laughs> I mean, it's training. Knowledge is free. Uh, rest in peace, Aaron Schwartz. 
Um, you know, in some ways, um, I can't say a hundred percent that you can, but what you will be able to find at the libraries are things like windows internals and systems programming, uh, Linux internals. And these things give you an understanding that's much deeper around how the computer works, which will make understanding the cybersecurity aspect much easier. So if you want to get into cybersecurity, the first thing I, I, I usually tell people is, Hey, either go take a course that's aimed at getting you into cybersecurity or B you have to start from the computer aspect of like, you know, how does a computer work? How does it architect it? What's the architecture? That sort of thing. I think a part that we leave out a lot when it comes to red teaming is the physical aspect of it. Yeah. Red team is red team, not pen testing. Right. Cause we leave out, the physical security people. Yeah. Like, how could you do some reconnaissance and say, okay, I need so, to gain access, but I need to gain physical access to something. Fun enough, funny enough, I don't get a lot of that. I've I've been lucky enough to work for a company that has given me some of those experiences. I even have an article on dark reading um, that was done about me doing a pen test in another country and kind of like the dangers around being black, breaking into things in other countries. But, um, yeah, that aspect is less talked about and kind of it, it's less popular. There's just not a whole lot of it's tough. Like some companies, aren't, I know, like when I worked at Goldman Sachs, you came into the building and you had to use a certain elevator and you got the extra access card. But so that will require one or two things: you stealing somebody's and watching them long enough yeah. that they forgot they thought they left it, but you stole it, or the company is in with you on doing this physical pen test. It's called assume breach, but assume breach usually doesn't go over into the physical portion. They really want to know their exposure physically. So that'll come down to sometimes stalking a person up to a certain extent. It really comes down to scope, right? Man, uh, scope I is you, everything. Have you watched Jack Reacher? No. Jack Reacher is a series on prime, Amazon prime at that. Mm. And, um, they had a lot of tech stuff going on in season two. Jack Reacher. Yeah. I got to check it out. Um, did some social engineering on the people at the front I've, desk. I've been I've been into suits lately. I was in the suits, and then we just like, bro, they keep telling the same story but different ways. Oh yeah, and we just like we we, also, we started watching Found. I haven't seen that. Found is a series about a group of people that are all had issues with like possibly being like held against their will or uh. or being uh, abducted, and they work together to find like lost people. Oh, and they shit. do it different, different ways. And they got a dude. I think you'll like it. They have a guy who is scared to go outside, but he's cold on the computer. He hacks oh, everything. He a hook, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He cra- he cracks everything. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check him but, out. But you'll probably like it though. It's like probably one of the more interesting. F- found. Yeah. Found. It's oh. on Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Okay. Say less. It's on Peacock. Oh, that's a, that's a free ad for y'all, Peacock. <laughs> Hey, it is. Yeah. yeah it yeah, is. Yeah. I've been talking about found a while, like on threads and, and, and Twitter. I just talked about it because I feel like it's one of the more interesting shows. But then, like, my main show we probably watch every week is Raising Canaan. Okay, no, I'm not. I, I ain't following that. They done lost me. Really? They done lost me, bro. How they lost you? They lost me in the last series in power. That's when they, <laughs> they lost me in power. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> it's about money. So that's why, like, I, it's technically a way Ghost is technically still alive. But, yeah. But I ain't going to lie, though. Tariq been putting on a master class of acting in his own spinoff. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, he's been acting for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's been putting on that. It's, it's pretty good. It's okay. pretty good. Okay. It's, it's still good advice. But Kanan, 
Kanan might be about to usurp it because of the acting they got in it with uh, the the chick that plays Rock, who is Kanan's mom. Mm. They got uh, I don't know if you watched Snowfall, but if you remember the dude, yeah, you remember the dude that had to kill. That was their buddy. I can't think of his name, but Franklin had to uh, kill him at the park. His cousin got killed. I forgot what his name. I'll show him after, but he's playing in it. Mm. Um, I cannot think of the actor name who plays Marvin on Kanan. But if you ever did, you ever see uh, the HBO show Ballers with the Rock? Yeah, you remember Vernon Friend, the light skinned dude that's always like making jokes that's just around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he plays a character named Marvin. It's I ain't gonna lie. It's a, it's a, like the acting is like say one. It's pretty good. Like, they be doing their job. Like, and the funny thing is, most black people know the phrase of like starving, like Marvin. Yeah. And almost every scene or every other scene, Marvin's eating something. Okay. And that's always like one of the tropes, little, like paying yeah. the black people, like yeah. Marvin always eating. They was like, when I'm talking, about I'm starving. This is what I mean. <laughs> and he always eats them. But so. Now, I know you've been like a, a serial entrepreneur for a yeah. while, so you might not have been going through these different ebbs and flows. Oh, I have. Of the jo- oh, you have? Nonstop. Uh, talk about it. Of the, of the job market, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The job market is directly reflective through contracting opportunities. So I'm going to give you all a piece of game. Working for yourself is really just uh, taking on a multitude of jobs and having a multitude of bosses. Um, I, I work for a number of people. At any given time, they look at me as a resource, right? In business, you got, you got resources. So um, maybe, maybe they can't fill a spot internally because it's so specialized, right? A lot of people don't dig into what my specialization is. And I'll tell y'all, I, I'll give y'all the game. Y'all, man, y'all might come and take it from me. I want y'all to, but because we need more help here. But my specialty is iOS. That's the thing that differentiates me from everybody else <clears throat> and has for a very long time. I am one of the best reverse engineers that I, I mean I know, right? Uh, with regard to to iOS, and um, I spend a lot of time honing that craft and spending money to hone that craft. Like, there's a course right now for thirty five hundred dollars that I'm hovering over the buy button on, just because it's like that important. Yeah, it's it's that important to me. Uh, I want a little bit more feedback from it before I uh, before I click buy. But yeah, like. You know, being in the iOS space is really my is really my thing. So if you go to Google and you type in iOS space fuzzing, F-U-Z-Z-I-N-G, I outrank Google Project Zero for their, you know, how to fuzz on iOS. So that's that's my space. And then my secondary space is around AI. I can, I hack AI. That's what we, that's what was, uh, funny enough, the episode I shot this morning, we was talking about that, of getting into AI and yeah. The dangers of, we was talking about whether from business, we was talking about politics for like them using the AI to clone yeah. Biden voice and use some ethics. voice command. It's all around ethics. Then we started talking about personal. You know, you got a little chick you talking to or whatever. It's all around They know ethics. how to make your voice sound like you. And the girl hating on your chick and like, yo, that's why he was over here last night. And now the AI voice sounded like you talking right. like you was over there. And now you got problems like, listen, I was here last night. Why are you tripping? Right. Well, that sounds like you, like but all the problems the that it, it can, it can oh, yes. do for there, you. There's like, a lot of problems. The guidelines, that's the issue. And that's why like a lot of, like what you know, what I know is a lot of companies, like a lot of people, and I was like, hey, I'm taking all the jobs. I was like, a lot of companies not even to the point where they can do that because there's no guidelines or parameters around AI right now. Who has the data that AI is accessing? That's all being worked out right now. Yep. So 
a lot of you don't know that, and that's why y'all think that's what's happening to y'all. But I'm like, is is not yet, not yet. yeah, not yet. So yeah. learn AI and get into it. One of the other things I want to learn about as well is like a company I interviewed with like two years ago. They have smart cities. They um a subsidiary of Toyota called Woven Planet. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. Like, they ahead of everything. They have, I don't know if you're a Naruto fan, but they got a, this is thing in Naruto that Sasuke do, does called a Susano. And all it is is like a freaking, imagine your, whatever height you are. And then it's like this thing that's like five to 10 times your height that's like big, cast a shadow. Big is probably like this building or whatever. Mm. And the cast, like, that's the shadow over you. But they got a smart city called Susano. Mm. And uh, mm. that's there. I think the specialty that they were working on is like how to upgrade the EVs and everything else. Interesting. Like all the different. So like, so being an early adopter is one of the things I kind of like look at is like yeah. a lot of times, like, like you said, AI. That's a differentiator, mm-hmm. right? Like when we talk about, you know, getting jobs in cyber and keeping jobs in cyber and skilling yeah. up, finding the thing that differentiates you yeah. is important. But um, the job market is directly aligned with the amount of contracts that are available. So you're a resource. So if the job market is soft, there's going to be less contracts available. If the job market is strong, those same jobs that they're trying to fill, typically they'll take a contract for it. You'll I, think be that, I think that's the way that they actually been moving towards. Oh, yeah. Instead of, I've seen more contract roles, less full-time employee, yeah. uh, full-time employees and more interns. Yeah. I've seen that a lot yeah. with the companies. So, so I mean, like when you think about it, right, if you're looking in an industry where the job market is soft right now, you're going to have a harder time getting contracts. Right now, we're going through a, t- a lot of tech layoffs. It's a little bit harder to get some tech contracts right now. It's going to be, it, it, it's just, it's a little bit more difficult. Now, for cyber, especially defense, it's different. Because we've seen a big push into people investing into the defense, yeah. the defense side. Now, for offense, you know, thank God to requirements and, and, and regulations. You got HIPAA, GDPR, PCI, DSS. All of these, uh, these, all these different requirements say that you have to have a penetration test on, on, you know, on file. You have to have, you know, uh, if you do, uh, if you're working as a government contractor, you have to have CMMC, right? Like you have to have certain, a certain level of cybersecurity to be able to work in certain industries. So I feel like the ebbs and flows aren't a hundred percent there from that perspective. Um, but you know, generally in the tech space is. You know, when you, when you start to deal with the jobs coming and going, it, it can be a little bit of a thrash. Now, what I've learned is that I I work best offsetting that to another person, another company. So I partner with big companies like PwC, partner of mine, Oracle, partner of mine, KPMG, partner of mine, right? Deloitte, partner of mine. Now, they have a, I ain't got them yet. Come on now, put me together. I got all. I got the big dogs. They consuming the services. They consuming the product. That that's really where it's at. Because what happens is, is it's easy for them to say, "Hey, Xavier, top of the year, we're slammed." Okay, you need resources. I need resources. I need help. Okay, right. And then March rolls around. Hey, Xavier, great job on all that stuff. I'll let you know when we need you. It's just a. It's a high, then it's a low. Now, they might not need you again until April. Or October or December. So a little free game, I guess, for the audience. If you, yep. so, I'm a, under assumption that you're doing all these things C to C. Yeah, always corp to corp. How do you decide what you want to charge for C to C? Um, 
Because I've heard, like one of my good friends, she told people, hey, if you're going to possibly go into corp to corp, take whatever salary you get per year. And she said, divide it by a thousand. And that's what you charge per hour. Uh, that was for 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 what she was doing. So she, I think she got like a lot of. That's basically just there. double. That's basically just doubling your, your your bill rate, right? Based on whatever. Okay, I, I get. That. I can understand that perspective. For me, I'm gonna be honest. This is honesty. A little bit of corporate espionage. I know it sounds bad, right? We talk about ethics. It's a little corporate espionage. I need to know what my customers. I mean, excuse me, my competitors are charging. That's how I got it. Right, I know, I I know my, I know my nearest competitor charging three twenty five, so I'm two fifty. I know my nearest competitor charging two fifty, I'm one seventy five. Hey, actually, sometimes I ask, what is it that you want to pay for this? What's your budget? What is your budget? I can let you know what I can do for that. You might want forty hours a week for seventy hours. I mean, seventy dollars an hour. Since it's corp to corp, I might got somebody who just got into the industry. I want to take that. I can guide them, mentor them through your project. Make sure that there's a high success rate because of that, right? Because I'm there helping you. And, you know, I, I might only make 20 bucks an hour as a company, but I put them into a $50 an hour job. Now they're making six figures technically, right? If I can keep them. So you pretty much sometimes do what the contractors do. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, okay, cool. You got you to gotta eat because a lot of it is building relationships. Um, I came in the PwC. I did one engagement. It was 50 an hour. It was a one-off. And then I spun back around and got 150 an hour on an a indefinite contract. I, they've been, I've been a partner with them for years. Now, some of my customers got, well, Xavier, you charge me 325 an hour. I do, but I don't do what I do for you for PwC. Everybody has different. Yeah. It's, right? It's, I would be yeah. funny. Fellas, women, you got your people you talk to. You do different stuff for this man, do different stuff for this woman. Hey, Same way with your it is what it is. Relationships matter. I tell you what, man, PwC got five years of full time work for me. I already got ten thousand hours lined off for them. So if I see that with you now for a three twenty five customer, it might only be a forty hour contract. Mm-hmm. I might have to have this pen test done for you by Friday. Which okay, like that's that's it. You come, you won, and you done. Now you're looking at you know a, a ten twenty thousand dollar kind of project, but. You know, that's one and done. Yeah, you looking at PwC, they want to give me 20000 a month. You get what I mean? So it's, yeah. So outside of that, man, let's let's talk about your program. Okay, yeah. What you want to know about it? Let's just like, on the top? well, for one, do you got to be in Detroit to no. to get access to it? No, highly mobile, um, 100% browser-based. It's, on, it's online, buildskill.org. We still growing. It's very fresh. Please go there. You can mm-hmm. sign up. Um I'm looking for more curriculum. I'm developing more curriculum. That's what we're raising grant money for. We are a nonprofit. Uh, we are waiting to get our uh, 501c3 tax exempt status, but we are a Michigan registered nonprofit as of right now. Um, shit, by the time you see this, we might have our, our tax exemption status. We've already submitted. So it's just a matter of time. And the platform, again, is there mostly to challenge people to give them the, the things that they need to know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. So if I can you know, help you discern what skills you have and what you don't have, and then I can get you to prove that out, then building your portfolio and I've got your portfolio peer reviewed. Then if you do what we call our certification pathways, which is a number of courses coupled together, think about Linux systems administration coupled with cloud fundamentals, coupled with cloud security. You take those three courses that will lead you to, um, you know, AWS certification. See what I mean? So if you 
you know, take those paths, you actually do all of the coursework and it's pass fail, right? It's pass fail. So you submit, let's say um, on average, one of our courses has about 50 exercises you have to do. So let's say you have to do three courses to be able to get, um, you know, uh, AWS certified. So now you have 150 exercises that have been peer reviewed. And if you do that, you can, uh, you can just get a certification voucher from us. We'll pay for your certification. 100% free. We don't take anything from you. Not a social security number, not a driver's license. All you need is a first name, last name, email address, and password. You come sign up through the browser. You select what course you want to take. Let's say right now we have an introduction to cybersecurity course. You go on there. The first exercise is going to ask you to create, you know, some kind of document. The next exercise is going to be, uh, you know, do a port scan. The next exercise is going to be, you know, do cross-site scripting. You know, like we're actually challenging you. And so what happens is you take those, those um, you know, those exercises. You create the documentation, either visual or written. You submit that to us. We have industry professionals from IBM, Qualcomm, Apple, Google. They actually will look at your work and let you know if it's good or bad. These are your future peers, your future managers, your future customers. You're now developing a muscle memory of what it's like to gather requirements, go out and do your own research, execute out delivery in a way in which your customer can understand it, and receive feedback from your customer. After you've done that for three or four courses, 50, 50 exercises on average, you've built a portfolio up of what, 150, 200 exercises. So now, yeah, you work at Jack in the Box, you work at Taco Bell, but you just showed me you know how to do a cross-site script and turn it into remote code execution or a SQL injection and turn it into a lateral movement to an active directory domain. Like you just proved to me. And the person that says you know how to do that is a red teamer from Adobe, is a red teamer from Google, is somebody who I would want to hire, but I can't even attract to my organization. There's, you know, there's a lot of companies that are in the mid-market that can't afford to pay $170,000 for a security researcher who might not find something for the first three months. They might only have 50 bucks an hour. They might only have $104,000 or $5,000 a year available for you. You get what I mean? And so now we're opening it up where that's life changer for you because you were just making 30, 40. If you, if you in California, you might be making 50, 60 working at the fast food. But now you, I think, I think they starting at 25 an hour out there for McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think Michigan is still only paying seven twenty five an hour. So it's rough. It's rough out here, bro. Right. And so like, yeah, of course, I'm starting the nonprofit with Detroit in mind because we have a tax base that I want to raise. I want to be able to get people into position where they can buy a house where they have skills that are transferable from industry to industry. You can work in oil and gas. You can work in healthcare. You can work in payment card industry. You get what I mean? You can work in defense. So uh, I'm looking at it from that perspective. And again, build skill foundation. Notice it's not called cyber skill foundation, right? We want to teach technical skills and beyond that. So that's accounting, bookkeeping, right? Web design, software development, architecture, Right. We're looking at it from that perspective of how can we get into different industries that require you to have a technical know how and then we'll teach you how to teach yourself and we'll give you the feedback you need and we'll provide you the portfolio. And then from there, you can get the certification voucher. Now, of course, after the cert voucher, 
we have programs not only that we're creating, but also partnering with to help staff people. So now you're going to be able to get some of those soft skills. We're going to help you with that resume building. We're going to help you get through your elite coding interview. Right. And so I'm still working on this. This is my vision. This is my dream. Um, Build Skill Foundation is a real thing right now. BuildSkill.org is live right now. I would encourage you to go to check it out. If you are a person that shares this idea with me, please come. I will let you know how that you can become an instructor right there on the platform. You can make your own curriculum and you can upload it. It can be paid. It can be free. I always encourage free. It's not something that I getting paid for right now. I don't care to get paid for it. You know what I care most about? Giving people the path that I wish I had. This is my life's work accumulated into one platform. This is how I got to where I'm going. I don't have an OSCP. I don't have a CISSP. I don't have a CEH. I never did. I only got two certifications, AWS, Certified Architect, Solutions Architect, and I got the Security Specialty. And I did it because I was going to reInvent, and I had been working in cloud since 2010. I was working with AWS when it was just S3, <laughs> right? So I'm like, uh, I know all of this stuff. I went in. I literally read the frequently asked questions in the parking lot before the test, went through, took it, and walked it down. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. But they can go back to my Twitter and type in AWS. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, man. You can ask Paul Erickson. Uh, you can ask my, all, all my peers that worked with me at Dynatrace when I did it. Um, you could probably go back to my, my Instagram and look at when I was hanging out with the guy who created a cloud guru and you can go and look up my license. I got a license. I got a license number on my LinkedIn, right? You can go see when I took the exams, you'll see I was at reInvent and I took them two days apart from each other and I passed them on site. <laughs> hey, listen, he got receipts. So if y'all yeah. want to come on my comments Come on, say he's capping. Yeah. Go check it out first and see if he Man, I, I know people think I'm capping, and that's fine. I spent a lot of time in the industry, and I've had a lot of great opportunities. I've had amazing partners. And, you know, I tell I tell the story from the perspective of glory. I could also tell you a story of struggle. I can tell you how 100,000 turned to 50,000. I can turn you how a million turned to 100,000. I can show you how this shit breaks down where the people you thought that was going to take care of you took care of themselves leveraging you. Right. And so, like, yeah, you can make it about cap or not. But like I I spent a lot of time and the people that know, know, and, you know, I'm not here to prove anything. I'm here to help. Right. We help you. The name of the company is we help you secure. The name of the foundation is Build Skill Foundation. We here to help you. We here to help you build skill. We're going to help you build skill. That's period. Yeah. So two two people came to mind. <clears throat> Miranda. You yeah, know, Miranda. We know you busy, but get on it. But also, uh. A friend of mine that's in Detroit, uh, Jerry, she was on Miranda's live last week. She's in, she's from Michigan. She's I think she's in Detroit right now. And uh, her name is Rita Cyberboss, so you should. Oh, she in Detroit? Yeah. Oh, man. I never knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's supposed to that. come. Come. She was in Dallas for a while. She's supposed to come back. We'll been, see if we can make I'd some shake then. I'd have been tapped in with her. Yeah. So I got an event in March uh, in Detroit, March 23rd. I need to tap in with her. Man, come on. Now. That's, that's what my bro, my bro and the other. And the, man, listen, we done all flew out to Dallas just to be here, man. I came from San Diego. My business partner, Coral Fowler, he came here from Detroit. Uh, I got my homegirl, KJ. They all out there in the lobby drinking and, and chilling, man. It's, it's, you ain't think I knew about that Dearborn. Yeah. <laughs> he, he live in Dearborn. <laughs> shout out, hey, listen, listen. Shout out, shout out to my man, CJ Goodfellow. Goodfellow, uh, box, no, Goodfellow Sports TV. 
I was going to say boxing, but it's not sports TV. Shout out to CJ Goodfella. He put me on that Dearborn a long time ago. Him and uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a lot of funny stuff. I could I could tell you that I kind of don't know about Detroit like, life, Detroit, but it's like uh, what East Lansing and all. I don't know. I, nah, I, ain't, I don't know nothing about no Lansing. I, <laughs> I only just know a, a dude. Oh shit, that's Michigan State. Yeah, I know a little yeah. bit about East Ann Arbor and all that. Yeah, I know a little bit about Ann Arbor. Yeah, I just spent some time on the college campuses. I bet. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, back back then, I used to go as Javier. I never went. <laughs> that remind me of a uh, a dude. I don't, I don't know if you got a TikTok. His name Gerald Hudson. I don't got no TikTok. He 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 wear. I think he wear like the glasses with the with the cameras in them. So oh he's, man, like, talk to the people. Yeah, and uh, he's shooting game at chicks. And he's like, "Hey, my name uh, Hubert, but they call me Hubie though." You got the riz. and he, yeah, he be getting all their numbers. He rising. Yeah, it'd be funny though. It'd be like it'd be a lot of stuff. Like he'll go in there, use like some song lyrics yeah. or. Or or some stupid like get them going. Or he'll go. He'll have some some videos where he'll go me and hugging people. Like, oh my god, uh, uh, what he who he hugged somebody the other day, uh, Eddie Guerrero. I know. Oh, I you. see. I seen. Yeah, I seen. I seen them do that. I yeah, was I like, bro, that, that that was definitely Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> for real. So I got a question for you. Yeah, with the nonprofit, um, for the 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 blue team perspective, is there things that we can distill down? To just be challenges for people to go out, either deploy tools, read logs, capture logs. Like, is it is it can can we have something like the blue team on on our platform? Like, I, I don't yeah. do a lot of blue team, so I'm just curious. Yeah, y'all could because I think now, of course, you got like all the open open source stuff. People like yeah. talk about like the Elk Stack, like it's open source. Yep. But now this is why, hands down. My favorite probably like provider like security tools right now probably might be Microsoft because you can get their SIM solution, Microsoft Sentinel. You can send up your own instance in Azure. It's $200 credit and then you only get charged for the amount of logs you ingest. Okay. So I turned my stuff off for, I, I killed the whole environment one time because I put these threat feeds from Alien Vault and oh. they kept on coming in off a of Logic app and I was like, oh, nah, yeah. let me let me turn this off. And uh, see, like what you just said right there, that would be an exercise. So oh, exercise yeah. would be go set up your Microsoft Sentinel, make sure you got these permissions, make sure you have multi-factor authentication, user role. Yeah, yeah. To hey, hey, go go in your Sentinel. Like one day, I, this is something I tell my clients. I was like, listen, a lot of us are struggling with, you want to find out projects, but what? I was like, just do it. I was like, I was sitting down one day, I was like, I want to send my cloud share logs to Sentinel. Let me figure yeah. out how to do it. There you go. And I figured out how to do it. There you go. And so my cloud, any, anytime I do something in cloud trail, it goes straight to Sentinel. See what I mean? And so something like that would be an exercise on build skill. Yeah. And then someone like you would go and either look at that video or, re, or something like that would be a video. So we would ask for them to create a video of them doing that and then prove that it works. You would look at that and go, that's how I would do it. Yeah. And, you and, pass then, and then you take it from there and say, okay, you got all these logs in cloud. Well, Go do some crap in Cloud Trail. There you go. And then, hey, make us make us some detections. Yeah. Let's see if the S3 bucket Make is, some alarms. The simple one. Let's see if the S3 bucket is made public or not. Yeah. Simple stuff like that. So, that stuff. yeah, it, it's definitely a, a way to do it. And that's the thing, too, is like people go get the, the courses and everything, but they just don't know how to make it practical that's, to defense. And that's what that's people struggle with. Like, even if you say, like, I've been, I'm, I'm so busy, but a lot of times I was like, hey, okay, cool. I need a open source alternative for proof point yeah. or something like, so I'm going to find one eventually so I can help people out with it. And, and there you can just learn different things. Cause 
people, that's the gatekeeping. That's real gatekeeping. Some tools you can't touch unless you work at a company. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can't get access to CrowdStrike. You no. can't access to Tanium. No. You got to be working somewhere to get access yeah. to Tanium. That's yeah. how these... Uh, but you know why? Because if I got access to it and I learn how to reverse engineer it and bypass it, come on now. I wish I could get a CrowdStrike Falcon license. Hey, listen, you can. I, I mean, I can, but they're going to charge me. They're not going to give it to me for free. Can you get the they, demo? I don't know of a I don't know of a demo. I know sitting on one for a long time didn't have a demo. You should be able to get like a, a demo trial of it since okay. you got your own domain and stuff. Okay. Well, you know, we could talk offline about it, but a lot of those people set that stuff up intentionally so threat actors have to have an end you have to act as an I, enterprise. You know what? I never looked at it at that point. I just yeah. looked at that point as like a, a gatekeeping thing where you just yeah. can't get access to Man, it. Man, like a Cobalt Strike, you gotta have a company to buy Cobalt Strike. Right to even get a valuation license, you have to email from a. I mean, think about if everybody just had Cobalt Strike. So that's, I mean, <laughs> that probably like a whole another. Like, I mean, but we all got Metasploit. Yeah, but I'm not gonna get there. I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna incite this no fire. You know what I'm saying? I think you got Kelly on your phone. <laughs> oh man, I don't need. I got. A, I got a remote server. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, hacking everything. I got it. So on you the go server. to what's that conference that you say? Hey, take you a burner phone to DefCon. I thought it was another one. Is it DefCon? DefCon. Defcon, Defcon. So you want to just not have your phone with you at Defcon? I bring my phone with me to Defcon every year. Really? <laughs> what you got it? You got in a protective thing so it can get hacked. Mm-mm. So at one point in time, was they just hacking people's phones? And yeah, stuff? yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's like this: um, attack surface area. We talk about attack surface management, right? Uh, cellular phones have a, a limited number of ways to interact with them from the outside. Browser, text message, email, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. So you turn off your Bluetooth, you turn off your Wi-Fi, you're always dealing with email threats. You're always dealing with, with SMS threats. So when you go to the conference, your threat model, your, 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 if you just turn this stuff off. You just turn it off. Yeah. Like you get on the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then like you got to think, um, having a 5G phone helps because we don't know of any 5G exploits. Right, so ha- keeping your phone on five G is already something. Okay, let's say you can't keep your phone on five G. Having a VPN turned on, right? Like even if they compromise, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. The network they can't yeah. see your traffic. It's stuff like that. Um, so I've never had any problems. I've never had a password leak. Not saying I'm impenetrable. Um, I accept the risk. I think it's what it really. <laughs> I'll spend. I'll spend a message you and say pause. <laughs> I ain't gonna do you like yes. Yeah, that. That's heavy pause. That's heavy. But I am impenetrable. <laughs> Yeah, from from that perspective. <laughs> but um, I want to ask you, like, like, what are some things that you maybe want to leave the audience with? Um, man, so one of, one of my major things that I want to leave the audience with is keeping a, a positive energy, uh, having a positive perspective, mastering manifestation, uh, speaking of positive affirmations, um, being kind to yourself, being happy, um, collaborating. Don't think that you need to do things alone. If you feel like you're alone, go into an environment where you're no longer alone, no matter how hard that is for you. Sometimes that don't mean moving locations. Sometimes that don't mean joining clubs. It could very well mean, you know, going to Eventbrite and finding events. But, you know, de-isolate yourself, become more of a community member. Um, and then if you're if you're doing all those things, um, be approachable, remain approachable, remain humble. Uh, keep being helpful. We help you secure. We help you. We, right? I'm starting that with a, uh, a, a, a the, the the word we for a reason. It's because I don't want it to be something that's about me. I want to foster a mantra, a motto, a mentality within the organization that 
all of us are here to help you. Right. And so, um, you know, that those are a, f- a few of the things that I would definitely like to leave. And then another thing is if you're trying to get into this industry, the tech industry, if you're trying to get into this industry, you have to go to tech conferences. And yes, I know they are expensive. If you do not have the money, show up and just hang out in the lobby. You may bump into a person like me that goes, Hey, I've been in there. I've already met the seven people I came here to meet. Here's my pass. Or I'll walk you over to the person and say, Hey, um, you know how you was going to give me a free one, give the free one to this person or Hey, um, come on now, uh, going to the, I've, I've had many doors open for me. I've had many, 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 many conferences that I did not have to pay for. Uh, the year before the pandemic, I went to a, a conference once per month. I'm back on that where I'm traveling and, you know, January I was in Detroit, February I'm here in Dallas, March I'll be in Austin for South by Southwest, April we'll keep it moving. Right. Um, and so being out in the world, communicating, networking, being vulnerable, but then also uh, going out is not as important as doing the work at home. So never be shy about doing the work, right? Also, one thing that I learned from uh, uh, my mentor, Paul Erickson, one thing I learned is that you should always be interviewing. You should have an interview per month, one interview per month, because what it does is it not only teaches you how to interview and makes you more confident, it also potentially provides you more opportunities that you didn't know were out there, but then it shows you what you don't know, right? I had an interview with Apple, and of course, I run my own company. I've been running my own company for four and a half years, but it's Apple, right? I had an interview with Apple, and it went about 80% good, but that 20% was the thing that decided, was a determining factor, and it was around... Um, some some crunchiness for me around ASAN, which is um, address sanitized builds that you use when you're fuzzing so that when things crash, you can actually see at what memory address, what you know, how the, the control execution was flowing and what the actual error was, right? And so he was asking me some more advanced questions around that because this was for Apple SEER team, which is their number one, iOS hacking, I'm talking about they figure out all the zero-click exploits. That's what I do, right? Like, that's my world. So, um, you know, and I, I stumble because I'm, I'm nervous. Shit is Apple, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it, I learned something from it. And now it's like if I got those same questions, I would be totally comfortable in ASIN. And I might have something that comes up, especially in vulnerability research, which is where I live, right? And I would love to have a conversation around the difference between red teaming, pen testing, and vulnerability research. Because we talk about this as if they all blend, and they don't. Vulnerability research is a completely different monster. It pays well, but it's very demanding, depending on your customer. And it's the bleeding edge. It's, it's the real research portion. Penetration testing is kind of like you always have findings. It's finding-based. Research, vulnerability research is much more around, like we were talking about, impact and dis- discoverability, those sorts of things. Where Red Team is like long-term, covert, persistent, you know, act tailored access. But nevertheless, um, you know, that's that's what I would like to leave people with. You know, just stay positive, stay happy, stay hungry. Um, be helpful. If you're in a position to help, help. If you can make curriculum, make curriculum. If you want to write an ebook, write an ebook. If if you want to come and help me out at Build Skill, come help me out at Build Skill. I humbly ask you to, because it's not for me. It's not for my mom, and it ain't for my pockets. It ain't for my legacy. What it is is it's for the people that look like us, that come from where we come from, that's dealing with what we dealt with. 
that didn't get the opportunities that we got. And so as we build this ladder up, we have to continue to push some of that ladder down so that other people can climb up on it and teach them how to build the ladder so that they can help us build more ladders down to help people come up. Because eventually we don't fall off, right? You might fall off the top. We talk about the ebbs and flows. If you fall off and you helped a bunch of people beneath you, you ain't never really going to fall off because they all go exalt you up. Hey, he should be my manager. Hey, he should get this opportunity. Hey, you know, so, you know, just continue to stay humble, stay hungry, keep working, you know, enjoy life. Um, yeah. Cool. Now, and I forgot to ask them this, but yeah. where can they follow you at on on uh, like either Instagram or Twitter? Instagram, I got a private page, but you can try and follow me, Xavier underscore, <laughs> Xavier underscore Johnson. Uh, LinkedIn, my name is Xavier D. Johnson. Um, Instagram, oh, uh, Twitter, I'm infinite, I-N-F-E-N-E-T. Um, you know, so yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's really how you can get in touch with me. I, I, I like to interact mostly on Twitter when it comes to cybersecurity stuff. If you're a professional and you want to continue to build your professional, um, you know, you know, uh, acumen or uh, know-how, et cetera, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, we love, I love to have an interesting conversation with you through comments or even through messages. Um, you know, if you have a product that you want to have some testing done for, you know, feel free to go to wehelpyousecure.com. Feel free to email me, Xavier, at wehelpyousecure.com. I'm I'm very approachable. I got the same number for the last, shit, since 2006, 2005, I've had the same phone number. So if you look hard enough, you're going to find my number. I'm not I'm not a shy guy. I'm not hard to get in touch with. <laughs> right. Hey, listen, my man said he ain't hard to find. You know I'm not either. Yeah. I'm glad y'all tuned in to the episode. It's been another late. Man, I don't even want it to be over. Kickback episode. I know. What I, are we doing I, after? I've been looking at the time. <laughs> we, we finna see. Maybe I'll put the vlog out. Come Maybe on. I don't. Come on, man. We might start the vlog right now. Subscribe to the Patreon so you can figure out what we're getting into. Come on now. But I appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Until next time, peace. Love.